listen, in my spaces, this is how we roll. Uh, we are going to uh, continue to toggle between conversations, but primarily it's the same thing, whether it's Lori Lightfoot calling for the murdering of, you know, the murder of American citizens over something that is not, has not even remotely been proposed, nor will it be proposed because of Roe v. Wade uh, get, being kicked back to the states. People in media listening to me, can we please quit saying overturning? Can we just call it what it really is? It is going to be punted back to the states. That's it. That's how you deal with narrative warfare. You just take the narrative right out from under them and create your own because people do listen. So if you keep, if you, if we would quit parroting the lies, I think that would help. So you can call out a lie by simply calling into the truth. Right. And so here's what's going on. So if you guys want to speak into this, go for it. If you want to circle back to the other conversation of whether or not we should all, you know, we're all balkanizing or whatever you think about the who, you're welcome to chime in on that too. Here we go. Uh, to my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. There's no other way to read that tweet tweeted by Mayor Lori Lightfoot in one of the most crime-riddled cities in the nation. There's no other way to, to interpret that tweet other than exactly what I put on top, a call to murder. I don't know how else you interpret that tweet. Exactly who are we taking arms up against, Mayor Lightfoot, the Supreme Court justices, like, what are you not even implying? What are you inciting? What are you demanding? Against whom? People who are pro-life or our actual Supreme Court justices? So now I'm going to punt the question over to Governor Yunkin. At what point do you actually stand other, under the Republican umbrella and, and, and not only deploy the law, but enforce it? with regard to protecting our Supreme Court justices, according to laws that are there to protect them from harassment, from people showing up at their homes. There's nothing like that to protect me as a media pundit. And believe me, people have doxxed and done all kinds of fun stuff. It is what it is. But when are we going to stand and actually enforce the laws? That's what I want to know. So in my space a few weeks ago, there are a lot of great things that happened in my spaces. If you guys are not in here on the regular missing out. But we talked about uh, the Supreme Court the night that came down, that they that this was, you know, the leak w- was sprung by Politico. Uh, you know, what what did you guys think about that? Holy crap, like we couldn't even believe it. Uh, so we had a space and someone uh, who I love having in my spaces, who's extremely well educated on these things. I won't hold it against him that he works for Getter, uh, but I'm sure he's doing a lot of great things over in Getter World. But uh, my dear friend, Ben um, Badejo, was in my space and he was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This does no such thing. This is, this is not coming for anyone's uh, rights as the LGBTQAI community with regard to marriage or anything else. That's not a matter of fact, the Supreme court made it a point to say, this is only subjected to this one particular subject. And so I uh, DM'd Ben this morning and I was like, Hey, I uh, would love to have you back on to talk about this. So Ben, welcome. Educate us. Hi, Monica. Hi. Good to be on, as always. Uh, I'm glad you DM'd me. And, um, yeah, this is something we really need to talk about. This really goes to the heart of what you were 
saying when it comes to narrative warfare. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Lori Lightfoot saying she wants to turn Chicago into, you know, abortion HQ, or saying that she wants to, you know, basically raise up gay gangs. <laughs> um, it's completely out of control what this response has been to this Supreme Court leak, uh, or draft opinion leak. And here's precisely why. Actually, Monica, if you might be able to pin what I um, sent you, the link I sent you to the top of this chat, that'd be great. But if not, no worries. Um, any of you can go see the draft opinion uh, that was leaked uh, a week or so ago. After it came out, everybody started saying, this is going to be the same argument against uh, privacy rights that will then be used to turn back same-sex marriage rights and the right to have consensual sex with an adult and uh, even the right to contraception. All of this is a lie. First, these other rights were not, or other rulings on these other issues, same-sex marriage, consensual sex, and contraception, were not merely based on privacy rights. They were based on the equal protection and due process rights enshrined in the 14th Amendment, okay? That's number one. The reason people keep lying about Roe v. Wade's impact on these other policy areas by saying that it only has to do with privacy is because they don't want you to know that the arguments that were used in the rulings to make contraception or to protect contraception or to protect uh, uh, the right to have consensual sex with another adult or to uh, enter into a same-sex marriage were fundamentally based on the 14th Amendment's equal protection and due, prom due process uh, clauses and promises. So that's one. Two, the duplicitous nature of the commentary on the Roe v. Wade opinion uh, is really in your face once you get to page five of the ruling. So this is what I sent Monica by DM. There are two parts in this ruling that you can go to to immediately slap down anyone who claims that the Roe v. Wade draft opinion is going to turn back same-sex marriage rights or contraception rights or the right to have consensual sex with another adult in the privacy of your own home or any other private space. If you go to page five, the first thing that they say explicitly is that this ruling does not impact these other rights. So on page five of the ruling, it is stated, quote, the abortion right is also critically different from any other right that this court has held to fall within the 14th Amendment's protection of liberty, end quote. I'm gonna repeat it, quote, the abortion right is also critically different from any other right that this court has held to fall within the 14th Amendment's protection of liberty, end quote. That's on page five of the ruling. Yet for over a week, we have people on the left lying, lying, that the opinion doesn't say what it says. The opinion literally says the abortion right is different from all of these other rights on page five. And you have all of these liberal commentators lying putting out a completely false narrative that it doesn't say this. It's explicitly written on page five, right there. Thank you. So that's one part. Yeah. And then there's a second part, and this is even worse from somebody who's, for anybody who's really into legal reasoning or really understanding um, how, 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 how legal arguments are supported and really getting into the nitty gritty of citations and footnotes. 
if you go to page 37, 37 of the ruling, and you go to footnote 47, this is a even better example, arguably, of how this ruling does not extend to same-sex marriage or to uh, consensual sex uh, between individuals in the privacy of their own homes. In page 37 of the ruling, or of the opinion, uh, Alito writes that overturning precedent can be justified. In other words, people are saying that they're going to be overturning Roe versus Wade. Technically, they are, but they're really take letting state law on abortion rule for each state. But we'll call it overturning fine. Even if you want to call it overturning, some legal scholars refer to a concept called stare decisis. Stare decisis basically means, you know, letting a recent ruling stand. It's the idea that courts should not be constantly overturning themselves. Even if you believe that stare decisis is uh, you know, a key legal concept. And maybe you shouldn't, because if a ruling was wrong, then shouldn't it just be overturned? Why should you stick with a bad ruling for decades just because it was made? I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily see the logic there. But even if you believe that, there have been a number of cases in which judicial rulings were overturned. They say this in page 37 of the ruling, of the opinion. And then what do they cite at the end of that sentence? Footnote 47, at the bottom of page 37. And what is in footnote 47? Obergefell v. Hodges. Obergefell v. Hodges was the case that made same-sex marriage legal throughout the United States. And then what do they cite in footnote 47? Lawrence v. Texas. That was the case that made void laws on same-sex sexual activity. In other words, the Supreme Court opinion, draft opinion that leaked, saying that Roe v. Wade no longer is in, effect, is in effect, that the state's laws on abortion should now be the ones that govern, cites and justifies voiding Roe v. Wade, overturning Roe v. Wade, by pointing to the fact that the Supreme Court did that in order to make same-sex marriage illegal nationally, in order to make consensual sex between adults illegal nationally. They are using, but not only are they not opposing same-sex marriage and consensual sex, sexual activity, they are citing them in support of overturning Roe versus Wade. Yet liberal, quote-unquote, legal commentators have lied that they were doing the exact opposite. They have lied. Lori Lightfoot is lying that they are coming after same-sex marriage. They're not coming after same-sex marriage. They're citing same-sex marriage to justify overturning Roe versus Wade. This is how sick the commentary is. Yeah. Anyone who can read, and you bother to read, whose job it is to read this opinion, knows that they did not pave the way to overturn same-sex marriage or private consensual activity, sexual activity, or contraception, and that they, in fact, cited prior legal, prior Supreme Court decisions on those issues to justify doing away with Roe v. Wade. But all of these liberal legal commentators lie that the draft opinion doesn't say exactly what it says and that it doesn't cite exactly what it cites. This is the game we're up against. They will lie to your face even though it's in writing because they think that you will just listen to them and believe them and that you won't just go and print out the ruling for yourself right. and take an hour or two to read it. This is how sick it is. They lie to you to your face. 
Well, and Ben, and thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. God willing, you all in this space will share this broadcast. Like I said, I'm going to actually extract this particular segment because I want you all to be able to run with this and just share this. This is how important this is to counter this narrative that is about to inflame the entire nation who is willfully ignorant. I'm sorry, but, and that includes some of us in this space because people just don't take the time. And a lot of it really is a foreign language to people whenever it comes to reading anything legal. And so people just wait for others to interpret what's really going on. And so thank, I thank God you were able to be here today. Thank you so much for taking the time to explain this to us. And this Thanks is for having me. Absolutely. And this is, and again, page five Yeah, and then footnote 47 on page 37. Again, page five. And then footnote 47 on page 37. I'm going to say it one more time because I want you guys to send the draft opinion that leaked to everyone you know when they bring up the same-sex marriage thing. Page 5 and then footnote 47 on page 37. Page 5 and then footnote 47 on page 37. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ben. <laughs> so You're welcome. Good to have you here. Always good to be here. 